When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. fans are you ready to brave the wild with me your host paladino joey or joey awajan brave the wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps i thank each and every one of you once and always for downloading and listening to this show we are also available on the hockey podcast network thank you once and always dylan and kyle for having me on board thank you once and always well the minnesota wild (laughs) are still struggling Remember, the last episode was way back on October 26th, an anniversary of some beautiful cirrus clouds 32 years earlier, which I don't know how I remember that, but I do. No, because I was obsessed with it. I'd keep the year, the date forever. But let's get back to where we need to be. Um, The title of that episode was Mediocre Start, and after that, it became more of a horrific start for this Minnesota Wild team. Are we overall surprised with how things have gone? Yes, no, maybe so. Uh... I do want to wish each and every one of you a happy Thanksgiving. Obviously, this is the annual Thanksgiving episode for Brave the Wild. So it's an absolute honor to do this show once again on Thanksgiving Day. So again, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're enjoying your turkey as you're listening or watching football or possibly getting caught up on the Minnesota Wild as we uh, head forward when it comes up to... When it it comes... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Looking forward to hopefully, uh, hopefully the Minnesota Wilds start playing better. Is what I'm trying to say. Something just popped up. It was an important text. Um, yeah, my dad had a very important MRI. So interesting things happening on Thanksgiving of all things, or at least the day before, uh, was like an MRI. So just letting you know about that. So keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, hopefully it's nothing. You know. So with that said, apologize for the distraction. It was a sudden text. Um, but no, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're enjoying them. Hope you're enjoying yourself. And unfortunately, Minnesota Wild fans have not been enjoying themselves oh so much for the most part. It's like, you know, there, there's a lot to get to in a lot of ways. I'm obviously not going to uh, get into every single, you know, I'm not going to get into every single game that the Minnesota Wild have played. I'll bring up the scores and all that, maybe this and that conversation. But generally speaking, just the main topics as to why the Wild have not been playing so well and and as to what's really a huge frustration for fans alike. Um, And probably for Bill Guerin, I'm sure. And do you really want to... I don't know. Like, what's really the direction of this franchise? We're starting to look like the Phoenix Suns in the NBA years ago when they would just sign veterans and keep them. And... I don't know. There was just no sense of direction. Like, you're not winning, so why are we keeping certain guys? It doesn't make any sense. So I'll get deeper and deeper into my frustrations with that. A lot of things just aren't making a whole lot of sense. 
but we'll open up with a couple of positives. Uh, other than I'm going to name the scores really quick. I'll just kind of go off on the scores since the 26th. I'll try not to spend too much time on that, hopefully. Minnesota Royal got their butts handed to them at Philadelphia 6-2. to Ridiculous. And then lost to Washington 3-2. to <sighs> I believe we got a point in that one, though. That was a shootout. Yep, that's what I thought. A shootout loss. Of course, the Wild couldn't manage that one either. Couldn't score a single flipping goal against the Washington goaltender. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, New Jersey, we lose that one as well on the road. That was a regulation loss. Wonderful. So, again, a 0.4-3 loss. We at least got a point out of Washington. So that's one point so far out of three effing games to wrap up the month of uh, October. Effing, yeah, I said effing. That's how bad it is. So then you head into November, you see a bunch of red. 5-3 to three loss to New Jersey, so you lose that series. A sweep there on the 2nd of November. A 5-4 to four win over to the New York Rangers, arguably the most entertaining and fun game of the year. Uh, as the Wild were getting their asses handed to them, 3 to nothing. you figure, God, this team sucks. We're not going anywhere. It's over. Bleep, 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 blank, blank, curse, curse, swear, and damn it. Yeah, and Jonathan Quick is the goalie of the New York Rangers. You know the guy that uh, beat the New York Rangers? Oh, let's say, oh, I don't know, 11 years ago. In, no, 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 it, it wasn't quite 11. That was against the Devils, sorry. Uh, nine years ago, uh, when he was still pretty much in his prime, beat the New York Rangers in the Cup Finals pretty easily against uh, another goalie that was not that much younger than him. <laughs> and King Henry, that would be a Henrik Lundqvist, of course, who's now a member of the of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Congratulations to him. Minnesota Wild down 3 nothing. Jonathan Quick off to a great start for that franchise. Philip Gustafsson gives up three out of four goals, three out of four shots anyway, and the Wild uh, switch to Marc-Andre Fleury, who was pretty damn good the rest of the way. Gives up only one late goal, and the Wild make a roaring comeback. The Furious rallies, as we like to say, and um, and uh, win the game. The good news is Marco Rossi, Rossi at that stage, has already scored his fifth goal of the season. That was on the 4th of November. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. After that, the Wild actually mount a win streak. We won two games in a row. You beat the New York Islanders, who don't have a whole lot going on. And Parisi, is he going to retire or whatever? Probably should. And luckily, that's not going to come back to haunt the Minnesota Wild. Uh, pardon me, i got to crack open this Waterloo. It's just water. need to breathe here. Sorry. Uh, then the Wild go to New York Ranger land. Like, they stay in the New York area, of course. Lose 4-1 to to the Rangers. Big shocker. And then lose for the 99th time in a row, it feels like, to the Buffalo Sabres early in the season. Every effing year during the effing uh, fall cleanup season, the Wild lose to Buffalo. They're a better team, but they're not winning games, though. Like, Buffalo's got some talent, but they're not winning games. And it's not like, they're not like that deep or anything. They're not that great. 3-2 to two loss. And then the 8-3 to three demolition derby versus the Dallas Stars, who are going to be flashing on the screen here in a second as soon as this Timberwolves and uh, Philly game comes to a close. 8-3 uh, to three loss to the Dallas Stars. This is in uh, Excellent Energy Center, which drew a lot of boos, particularly at the close. Oh, man, 8-3 to three loss. I mean, it's like, who's the goalie? It doesn't matter. We're getting our ass kicked anyway because we're turning the puck over. We're lazy. We're crappy. And the worst part is every one of the eight goals went against Marc-Andre Fleury, which brought his goals against average to about 300, which is about how many people might have been wanting to stay at the game in the third period. Yeah, I know. I made kind of a rookie of the year reference, but I'm not too far off. Vinny Letary was one of the goal scorers in that one. Good for him. Matt Zuccarillo, former Dallas Stower. Yeah, big deal. Or he broke his wrist five seconds into his uh, 
tenure with Dallas, and that affected the uh, affected his tenure with Minnesota, at least his first year with Minnesota, because his arm wasn't really healed properly. Jason Robertson had been struggling mightily, a lot, a lot like his counterpart in a lot of ways, Kirill the Thrill, who's not been for real this year at all. Um, he had uh, two goals and an assist in the game to Jason Robertson. He always seems to play better than Kirill Kaprizov when these two teams play against each other. What a coincidence. I don't know. What a coincidence. It's wonderful. And what a coincidence the Stars beat the Minnesota Wild. And, man, I just screwed up. I pressed the wrong button here. Almost messed everything up royally. Ay, 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 But um, it's pretty damn ridiculous. 8-3 to three loss. Then you get all the time off. You head to Sweden, and you hear about this cool ship from Anthony Lepantha. A almost 400-year-old ship that was uh, taken out of the sea that had sank. It was a Viking ship in the Sweden area, Sweden, which is in a museum now, and it's totally restored. I mean, that's the freaking coolest thing ever. It's probably the highlight of the trip, honestly, for Anthony Lepantha and most other people, because the Wild, well, we didn't completely lose in regulation, but if it was the playoffs, we'd be down two games to zero. And the Sweden trip, back-to-back days, Saturday, Sunday. They were working on Saturday, Sunday. Doggone it, well, you got the whole week off, so shut up. (laughs) I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. It counted as a road game for Minnesota. Two to one loss to the Ottawa Senators, who are as crappy as us. And we're not supposed to be this crappy, but I guess we are. What the hell? Five, eight, and four. Five, eight, and four. We have four shootout losses already. Colorado doesn't even have an overtime shootout slash overtime. Colorado doesn't even have an overtime loss yet. And that's our next opponent. It's great. It's freaking wonderful. Two to one. Um, but at least Gustafson was way, way better at net than he had been. And uh, I pick, somebody dropped him in the Fantasy League, and I picked him up. Because why the hell not? Because guess who my other goalie was? Because I often go in the auto-draft route because I just don't have time. You know, like, I, I don't like to sit in front of... <laughs> well, you know, I'm usually the drafts occur when I'm, I'm at work, so you go to the auto-draft route, Marc-Andre Fleury. So what, what the hell? You know, what the hell? You know, wait for Gustafson to suck and get cut. Wait for somebody to cut him and get impatient, pick him up, and, uh, okay, we'll see. Buy, one, buy very low here. All I had to do was give up Marc-Andre Fleury, so we'll see if my gamble pays off. But it, it did for this day, because this was his debut. Only one official goal given up on 31 shots against his counterpart, his former teammate, Anton Forsberg. And he said, well, they didn't want me. Well, you did fine against them, but you still you failed in the shootout, though, damn it. Or in overtime, actually. Nope, that was the shootout. Overtime was the next game. Overtime was the next game, and Ottawa 8-7, and seven, the Wild 5-8-3, and three, that's our third OT-slash-shootout loss of the year already. And then they play against Toronto the next day, the Minnesota Wild look okay, you make you mount this nice comeback against Toronto, the furious rallies, as Mr., uh, what's-his-name would say, Mr. Uh, Judd Zolged, Brock Faber with a seventh assist already on a good play to Zuccarillo, Brock Faber, yep, I got a lot of positive things to say, and the Wild tie the game up 3-3. Three to three. That ended up earning us a point, but then here comes OT. The Wild looked pretty meh in overtime. Just looked like it couldn't control the puck a whole lot. Toronto just you know, like we, we would attempt shots. They would get blocked. Uh, shot blocked, shot blocked, and then, then there you go. Toronto's kind of you know, okay, they're getting across this, you know, they're getting through center ice, and they're getting into the across the neutral zone and all that and da-da-da-da-da into the Wild zone, and the Lander scores and the game's over. Oh, Great. Thanks. Uh, otherwise, Austin Matthews and uh, Matthew Nyes. Matthew Nyes, the former Golden Gopher runner-up, national runners-up, 
Yeah, nice little runners up. Bull crap. But uh, yeah, fifth goal of the year already. Congratulations, Matthew Nice. Um, cool. Good for him, but not quite as many as uh, Austin Matthews with 14 or Willie Nylander with 12. 12 goals on the year. Toronto by far the superior team. The Wild almost, almost, almost pulled off a pretty nice upset considering how crappy we started out this year. And we got a point out of it. That's better than nothing. Would have been nice if we got two points versus Ottawa. Then you could consider it a fairly successful trip to Sweden. Instead, you just figure, you just come out of it like, okay, maybe it's like, we could pretend we beat Ottawa and lost to Toronto. Is that okay? Or maybe we lost to uh, Ottawa and beat Toronto. Which, which, no, we just lost in overtime to both of them. Freaking stupid. And that's the wild this year so far. Eight, five, and four. Four, four already. Four OTLs already. Four? Like, what the blinkety-blank is that? Five wins. We have as many wins as the Chicago Blackhawks. Isn't that great? The only main difference between the Wild and the Blackhawks for regulation losses versus overtime losses. So they have 12 L's on the year. That's a lot. No overtime losses for the <laughs> on the Blackhawks. But 12 regulation losses. So we've squeezed out four extra points because of those overtime losses. We, You know, we, we tried really hard. Come on. Give us credit. We tried hard. Come on. Isn't that the Minnesota nice way? You know, we it's the Minnesota nice way. You know, we, we, we tried hard. And, you know, if we make the playoffs and, ooh, ooh, we made the playoffs. Yes. And we got beaten five games or four games or six games. But we got beat one way or another. We, 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 we gave it everything we had versus Vegas but then got our ass kicked in the seventh game. But at least we got to the seventh game, though. Come on. Settle down. It's the, it's the Vegas Golden Knights, damn it. Come on. Settle down. That's that's bullcrap. Stop hating on your Minnesota team, guys. Where, what state are you from? You know, that's kind of the attitude you get everywhere. And it's, I'm from Minnesota and I'm sick of, sick of being mediocre or sick of losing or sick of this or sick of that. You know, at the end of the day, you know what an overtime loss is? It's a loss. And it all shows up as five losses in the last five for Minnesota. It doesn't show OTL. It just shows that we absolutely lost. And it sucks. Um, it sucks. Yeah. Otherwise, you got freaking three games coming up. Colorado, Detroit, St. Louis. I, I supposedly will finally be done with the lawn cleanups completely. We're almost done, but it's all these second passes, which are way easier than the first pass and second, uh, second and third passes on these other yards. So at least uh, I won't be burnt out and exhausted anymore. Uh, I won't have to be working weekends anymore. At least I don't think so. At most, maybe just a little light work on Saturday. Big deal. It's better than uh, sitting on my ass, I guess. Um, yeah. It's like going for a walk. Anyhow, personal life, you don't care. Uh, Colorado, Detroit, St. Louis coming up. Easy peasy, guys. Easy. Easy. Beat the, beat the avalanche? Easy. At Detroit? No problem. St. Louis? Gosh, we, we've never lost to the Blues. I mean, we dominate them every time we play them. Easy. Oh, boy. Anyhow, sorry for being negative, but uh, how can I not be negative with some of that? Positivity. Faber and Rossi. Rossi. See, I'm saying it correctly, Marco. So I'm not I'm not a dumb American like, like you think we are, you son of a gun. Just kidding. Ten points in 17 games. Not exactly spectacular, but he's playing the game very well. He's even actually winning face-offs. Uh, he, he's... Actually, you know, he, he plays his butt off. He's he's there for everything. 
He's not. He's he's responsible with the puck, you know, for the most part. Not perfect, but he's generally speaking responsible with the puck. And he's got six goals, which is what second? No, third place on the team behind Ryan Hartman. Oh, oh, Ryan Hartman. That's uh, you know, that's uh, that's Dino Cicerelli right there. Come on now, that he's Dino Cicerelli. Actually, Jewel Eriksson-Eck is leading the team in goals. Eight goals, seven assists. Just imagine if he had more assists than goals. But that's kind of been the case with Jewel Eriksson-Eck. I don't know. He is... Uh, Jewel Eriksson-Eck, I think, is the be- I think he's the best player on the wild right now. Because Kirill Kaprizov has as many points as Jewel Eriksson-Eck. But is not playing responsibly, and he makes like the weirdest turnovers, and he doesn't seem—he doesn't have the energy, he doesn't have the swagger. I know it's the most overrated term in the history of mankind in sports. Swagger, swagger. Oh, he doesn't have the swagger. You got to get the swagger back. Well, whatever it is, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have an it factor. He has a something factor that starts with an SH lately, and it's frustrating. And I'm not trying to SH on Kirill Kaprizov, but I don't know. It feels like he's SHing on us lately. But a lot of people want to believe that something health-wise is amiss with Kirill Kaprizov. And just, I don't know, he's, either he's not being honest or the team's not being honest, but something's not right. Um, something's missing. Something's wrong. It's like, again, people compare it to uh, compare it to Space Jam, you know, like the, the Monstars and all that stuff. And, you know, it, it's like a Space Jam, like where the ability got taken away. It's not quite that bad. But it kind of, kind of. Because when you think 15 assists in 17 games, it's not like it's ter- 15 assists, 15 points, 5 goals, 10 assists. But he's not the same guy. He's a mess. He's, he's a bleeping mess. And it's so sad and frustrating at the end of the day um, with uh, Kirill the Thrill not being for real. Matt Zuccarillo is leading the team in scoring, but he's a mess too. I mean, there's like no defense out of Matt Zuccarillo, but when has there ever really been that? He's more of a skilled player anyway. But he's also a mess, and too much passing. Too much passing, yes, 14 assists, nice numbers, and we do appreciate the goal versus Toronto. It helped us get a point. But uh, generally speaking, it's been a huge damn mess. Why am I getting off of this? I went back to Kirill. Uh, okay, I'll go with Kirill and Boldy for now. How they? Yep, so I had Faber and Rossi first. Let's just go to Kirill and Boldy since I've been ranting forever. Kirill and Boldy, yeah, like Boldy, Statistically, okay, he's okay, one goal, but he's only got one goal, though. Seven assists, that's cute and everything. But it seems like he's just not involved in anything. Like, uh, we've heard comparisons like, here we go, it's Charlie Coyle with the Wild all over again, the version of Charlie Coyle, where it's like, okay, dude, come on, do something. Do stuff. Like the little stick figure character poking something and saying, do stuff. It's kind of like that. That's like a meme, I think, that's been out there forever or whatever they call those. Um... Come on, do stuff, dude. You know, he's he's like, yeah, he's like another power forward that's not a power forward. That's kind of what Boldy's been so far. Um, the big enough body to be able to be physical, but he's not. And it's extremely frustrating. And, I don't know, the goals aren't there. One. One goal. One goal. Seven assists, though. Come on. Come on, stop hating. But minus four, though. Minus eight for Kirill Kurisov. Minus eight for Kirill Kaprizov, it's almost like alternate captain has taken him the wrong direction. I don't know if he's like feeling the pressure, or he's secretly hurt, or some something, I, I don't know, something's just off, or you know, like teams have figured him out, but it doesn't seem like that. 
if teams figured him out, it wouldn't be like this. It would be different. Um, but maybe. I, I just don't know. But the, the turnovers have been bad. They've been reckless. He's, he's not the same person. He's just not. Him being Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. I keep calling him Kirill the Thrill because he's not for real right now. Um, I'm trying to remember if this happened on the last episode. I don't think it did. Kaylin Addison traded to the San Jose Sharks for kibbles and bits. And the Minnesota Wild wind up there. It was a fifth-round pick. Sorry. Yes, fifth-round picks. Yes, we had one fifth-round pick come to Minnesota with the name Kirill Kaprizov. But that happened once. So, I don't know. Once in a while, you can hit, you can strike gold with those mid to late round picks, and hopefully we do again, um, or at least a decent player, another maybe another Brock Faber level player. Who who knows? Wild end up um, acquiring Zach Bogosian for a late pick. Zach Bogosian, thirty three years of age, won a Stanley Cup with Tampa Bay because everybody won cups with Tampa the past few years. From Messina, New York, he is a New Yorker, kind of. Zach Bogosian, he's a big body, six foot three, two hundred and thirty-one pounds. He's a monster. He's he's a mammoth. He's a behemoth. He's this. He's that. But uh, we really appreciate what he is. Uh, we really appreciate the size compared to uh, Kalen Edison. It's like translation. Kalen, you're too small, and you're not doing much of anything really. You're you're not even that good at the power play. So, what do you hear? You know, what exactly do you do here? That type of thing. Dakota Mervis been good, but. Uh, uh, we played John Merrill instead in uh, in Sweden. That's adorable. John Merrill did get a goal. He scored a goal, you know. Just like the Mighty Ducks, we almost scored a goal too, you know. When they weren't the Mighty Ducks yet, they were just D5. Yeah, John Merrill should wear a D5 jersey. <laughs> he should, seriously. But I think Kellen Addison was wearing the D5 jersey also because he almost scored a goal, you know. In, in those 12 games with us, he almost scored a goal. Let's do a little Kalen Addison check with the shocks. Six games, he got an assist in six games. All right, well, and I'm not trying to trash on the guy, but damn it, you know, I thought, I thought, you thought, we all thought Kalen Addison was going to provide a little more than he has. Um, to talk about Jason Zucker, how, boy, what a wash of a trade. Well, Zucker didn't really play for Pittsburgh either. He was, only, he was, he was out all the time. I mean, you know, it's broken this, he's broken that, he's out for this, he's not feeling good there, he's hurt here. So, I don't know. And then, uh, uh, Gulch and Yuck. I mean, I, I, yikes. That's all. Gulch and Yikes, that's about it there. Spurgeon finally came back. I don't know, he's 33 now. You know what I mean? He's the same age as Zach Bogosian. Isn't that the weirdest, darndest thing? He looks so young, but he's not young anymore. He's 33. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. And he signed until, you know, 2030 practically. Well, let's look at the real exact date. Uh, signed until 27. Yeah, wow. Four more years, four more years. Yeah, that's a lot. Rodin's four more years after this year, and he's a little cheaper. Six million a year. Zach, uh, Zach Parisi. Jared Spurgeon is making what Parisi actually really made. 7.5. Yep. So, pretty crazy stuff. Or at least that was his cap hit. Yeah, it was similar anyway. Zach Parisi. Awful thought there. Um, yeah. So, let's get to the other topic. Uh, and I've been complaining and bitching here. Marco Rossi is, has been responsible in his own 
Marco Rossi has been winning faceoffs. Marco Rossi, Rossi, looks like the the second, at least the second best center on Minnesota. And yes, they are giving him opportunities on on in all situations. Five and five penalty kill and power play. So it's wonderful to see. He's not dominating, but he looks pretty close to the guy. You know, he looks pretty close to, like, you know, the the level of player that he was in Iowa, if you know what I mean. Like, he's adjusting now to the National Hockey League. He's, you know, you're seeing a guy that's one of the main players on the Minnesota Wild now, and his name is Marco Rossi. Um, The other guy is one of the best defensemen the Minnesota Wild have ever had, and he's been here uh, just a few games. Think about it. Regular season, just a few games last year, 17 this year. Former Gopher, Maple Grove native, 21 years of age. 17 games, 1 goal, 7 assists, 8 points for future captain of the Minnesota Wild, Brock Faber. Future captain of the Minnesota Wild, Brock Faber. He has been an absolute revelation for this team. And, you know, I, I put in a poll about Dumba versus Faber, and I know I'm not trying to kick Dumba or anything. I just want to see where people stand, how many people still really like Dumba a lot. But clearly, I mean, Faber probably right now is already the best defenseman on the team. Outside of his line mate, or his, his line mate, his pair, his defensive pair on the left side, that would be Jonas Brodin, who is obviously phenomenal. Uh, for the most part. He's not a legend, but at least he's, you know, and even he's getting numbers. He's got the same exact numbers as Brock Faber. Uh, they're an incredible tandem. Incredible. Uh, but like last year, Faber was like, he didn't give up a single goal in the postseason or like the couple games he played in the regular season. Only two games after devastatingly losing the, after losing the national championship game in devastating fashion. Um, it's like, I'm never giving up a goal again. <laughs> He doesn't give up too many, does Brock Faber. He's a plus five. His, his line mate, or his his pair is a plus eight. That'd be Jonas Brodin. Um, they weren't paired the whole time because of, you know, the injury to Spurgeon. That didn't help. Um, but at age 21, for Faber to already be as good as he is, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's exciting. And the fact that he's providing offense as well already, and the fact that like, his his IQ is as high as it is. Him being Brock Faber, I'll keep saying that. It's really, there, there's something there. Brock Faber is absolutely, you know, he is absolutely, the, he is the best player right now on the Minnesota Wild, right now. Um, and I'm not saying, like, overall, but he has been, he has been the best player on the team, pretty much. Him and Julie Eriksson-Eck pretty much have been the best players, and you can say, uh, Jonas Bourdain as well have been the three best players. Rossi, Rossi is probably number four out of that group. No Matt Boldy, no Kirill, no Zuccarillo. Ryan Hartman, well, he had a five-point game. He has 11 points on the season. So you take out that one game, he would have 15 games and six points. That's, that's you know, that's Ryan Hartman. That's more Ryan Hartman-like to be at the end of the day. Tell the stars, what's that lime green look? I don't know, it's weird. It, I don't hate it, but I don't like it either. It's weird. I suppose it kind of goes with the HD vibe, I suppose. It looks like an app on your phone. <laughs> it does. You know how those those HD-ish kind of black with lime greenish look? You know, uh, yeah, I, I guess it does go with HD better than it would go on like a regular TV, I suppose, back in the day. Sorry for my distractions. Um, but Brock Faber, there's something there. 
and it's so plain as day that there's something there. Um, I'm going to continue on the topic here. See, the first segment is kind of like the, you know, it's just a, a, a lot to get to. Second segment will be a brief preview and maybe look at the uh, prospects a little bit. Third segment will be fan interaction, and there is a kaboomy boomy huge lightning round from Derek Velska, and I'm very excited about it. Happy Thanksgiving, Derek. Happy Thanksgiving. Seriously. Um, but the final piece here, and this is probably the biggest of all, the biggest topic of all, when you consider Caprizov and Boldy's not playing well, you consider Faber and Rossi being wonderful. <coughs> but continuing, like Bill Guerin, keeping mediocre veterans who have never won anything. They've never won anything. What's the point? Why do we, why, why do we have to do this? That's the... To me, that's the main reason we are where we are, other than, again, Dean Evison being what, what he is, just kind of a stubborn, mediocre coach. And it doesn't really fall on him all the way, but he's part of the problem, sure. He's part of the problem. Kaprizov right now is part of the problem, and he's not a mediocre veteran. Zuccarillo is a veteran who has cute statistics, but they cover up his, they cover up his blemishes. Like, his, his big, high numbers, him being Zuccarillo, cover up his blemishes. Um, Hartman, his big game on occasionally covering, uh, you know, kind of cover up what he does. He gets, you know, he doesn't have that many penalties, so credit to him. Only 10 for Ryan Hartman so far. Credit to him. Patrick Maroon has been a huge positive. I mean, nine points. And there is a playmaker there. He's got some passing ability. He's one of those high IQ, here you go type of guys. He's a much better player than Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves is just out there to kind of get in people's heads and, you know, say, bleep you. You want to bleep and bleep with, with our guy. you got to come through me first, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's great. Uh, where Patrick Maroon might add that, but he also adds, uh, well, you know, like playing hockey. Yeah, he actually plays hockey. He's not just some tough guy. Um, good for him. Love him. Um so that's another positive you could come up with. But the mediocre veterans like Marcus Foligno, who, you know, I just, I don't know. He, he had some good numbers a few years back. Last year he was a massive disappointment. And it's like, you know, they act like losing Foligno is like losing a limb. And is it, though? Is, is losing Foligno like losing a limb? And I was basically told, you know, indirectly that I'm grasping for straws. I'll just leave it at that. But I'm, I'm grasping for straws for saying maybe we don't keep these guys and keep going with the young guys. And if we have a bad year or two, maybe we can have a nice draft pick. I understand high draft picks aren't guarantees. But here's the thing. Keeping these veteran players that are 30 plus that have never won anything is not going to get you anywhere. It's just like a big giant tease at absolute best. It's a, it's a tease to the fans of this team. Um, that, hey, we're, we're still in it. We're still in it. You know, bring all the band back. And bringing back the band ain't goodness anywhere. We, we've never even won a damn series with these guys. Spurgeon was a part of the Colorado series and the St. Louis series years ago. Good for him. Uh, so was Jonas Burdeen. It's okay to keep those guys for the most part. I would personally like to see Spurgeon's role reduced soon. I think... I, I think his role is going to be reduced soon, but unfortunately we don't necessarily have players to fill that void yet, necessarily, but I think Faber is coming very close to that. And I don't mean necessarily as a captain yet, but I do believe Faber is the next captain of the Minnesota Wild. It ain't going to be Felino. Marcus Felino will never wear this D on his chest for the Minnesota Wild. 
not happening. And if it does, uh, what are you doing? Like, seriously, are, are you kidding me? Um, and probably the biggest mistake of all, despite the fact that his uh, salary cap hit isn't as awful as potentially a Ryan Hartman or a Felino, though the fact that drives me absolutely flipping nuts. It, it was a three-year uh, three-year extension for Ryan Hartman for $4 million per. $4 million per for Ryan Hartman. I, 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 you know? And then you, you know what? But Felino was a four-year, $4 million per extension. I'm glad he's a nice, tough guy and he's got leadership skills and he's going to curse at players and step the bleep up and curse at he curse. That's great, you know? That's great. I, I just, I I don't know. I, I hated, hated Felino in the playoffs last year. Except for that one game where everything went right and, oh, he was so good. But And he had that swagger and he was so up in their face and it was awesome. And then after that, he, you know, it was the same dumb penalties, and undisciplined play, which is absolutely not leadership. Undisciplined play, undisciplined play is not leadership. It's not. That's the opposite of leadership. So, what are you doing? So, seriously, so like, and he's 32, you know that? So that's the other thing. He's 32 years of age. He's going to be 37 when his contract is up. 37. Guys can be traded. They can come off no-move clauses. That's the good part. But still, the fact that we passed them out as if it's candy, which is which is what has been, uh, you know, which is one of the terms that have been brought up, would drive you absolutely crazy. Now back to the other guy that I was hinting at, and I got off it. My apologies. Frederick Goudreau. Five bleeping year extension. 2.1 is, a not, is not that horrible of a hit, but it's still a five-year commitment to a guy that's done nothing. Nothing. After a pretty nice year last year. In fact, it was a career year. Where, yeah, there's a reason, you know, like there's a reason why it was a career year for him. It was a contract year. Let's also note, Frederick Goudreau, there's a three at the beginning of his age. A three. That's all you need to know. He's 30. And a 30 and 30 plus. So that's the other thing. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, might as well sign uh, Flurry to a three-year extension at the end of the year. Like, what? why the hell not? You know, what the hell? Let him play till he's 41. Let's see what happens. He's still good, you know. Come on. Uh, so, I don't know. Lots to get to. Lots of frustrations. A lot of stuff to come off my chest. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> what are you thankful for, huh? What are you thankful for? Um, Brock Faber. Thank you. I'm thankful for Brock Faber. I'm thankful for uh, Marco Rossi or Marco Rossi. I'm very thankful for those guys. I'm thankful for hockey in Minnesota. I'm thankful for... I'm thankful that the Dallas Stars leaving, you know, the Minnesota North Stars becoming this weird black jerseyed, lime green, you know, fluorescent looking jersey team uh, isn't ju isn't all we have to, uh, left of Minnesota hockey. And we're still sitting here, you know, all these years later with no hockey in Minnesota other than like an IHL team or something or uh, AHL team in the Moose, um, <laughs> which also, you know, yeah, moved away not long after that. <laughs> um, I'm thankful that we have the Minnesota Wild. And you know what? I'll never take that for granted the rest of my life because of the fact that the North Stars left. That's that's all you need to know when it comes to that. So I'm thankful to have the Wild. But with that said, can we, uh, can we get out of the doldrums of mediocrity? Right now, it looks like the possibility of that is going to be tougher and tougher. 
let's uh, fill up all those roster spots with mediocre veterans that have never done anything. And, uh, you know, Carson Lambos, guys like that, you know, you just sit back and wait another three or four years. We'll see what happens, you know, because there's not going to be any spot for you, bub, unless we somehow pull off a trade with Ryan Hartman to the, you know, Calgary Flames or something. Hopefully. Uh, Felino, <laughs> you know, going to Buffalo. There you go. Make another trade with Buffalo. <laughs> for, <laughs> and he could go home, you know, that way. But um, And that's where he played originally, too, interestingly enough. Um, with all of that said, though, it's it's not fun. It's not fun hockey. Your best player is not your been your best player. He's not even anywhere near it. A guy who's supposed to be the other, you know, big-time scorer, big-time prospect. Thankfully, he's only 22 years of age. Milford, Massachusetts native Matt Boldy. You know, there's so much more there. What the hell, dude? I mean, I don't know. I mean, hockey, there's all kinds of weird injuries that we never see. Uh, I mean, imagine having a bruised wrist or something. You know, like maybe the direction of the puck ain't going to be what you want. You know, like a bruised wrist that isn't healing very quickly and it keeps getting aggravated every damn game. I can only imagine what some of that is like for players. But at the same time, I mean, if that's not what's going on, I'm just hypothesizing as to what could happen to some of these guys, why they go into their, um, you know, their droughts and such. But um, at the end of the day, the frustration's still there and the winning is not happening. So that's where... You know, that's where you're getting a lot of this coming out. So with that said, since the last episode, the uh, <laughs> Mike Madonna Award winner is going to be the same guy. And he is the lead candidate for MVP of the season. And there's no doubt about it. It's number seven, Brock Faber. Maple Grove native Brock Faber is your Mike Madonna Award winner for this episode. Absolutely. Marco Rossi definitely deserves some honorable mention, but it's, it's Faber. It's Faber, man. Uh, the James Shepard Memorial... Please, Lord, let this be the last time I ever say this. Ever. Ever say this. Kirill Kaprizov is the James Shepard popcorn maker. James Shepard Memorial Popcorn Maker Award uh, for this episode. <laughs> James Shepard Memorial for this episode is Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, I said it six times, but it feels weird to, to say it. It really hurts, actually. Yep. It, it has to be. He's been a huge disappointment so far. Oh, but he got an assist the other game, though, so streak's over. It's okay. No, it's not over. The drought's not over. It's still going. It needs to end, and it needs to end big time with, like, a hat trick, and then, you know, go from there. Okay, how about, like, a goal and an assist, and then go from there, I guess, but anything, please, and more disciplined play, better discipline, neutral zone turnovers, and this and that. That lead to odd man rushes or whatever the heck else. Hanging your goalies out to dry. Ain't going to get it done, folks. With that said, we'll take a quick break. Come back and preview the few games. Look at the prospects. And then, epic lightning round from Derek Felska. And you'll be hearing from others as well. In Fan Interaction segment number three.
we are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. Time to preview the upcoming three games against Colorado, Detroit, St. Louis. Going to look at the prospects a bit. But first, let's hear from DraftKings. Thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network as we're affiliated and it's been a wonderful partnership. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 in hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is probably easier in this day and age, uh, 467369. That would be like with a classic phone, of course. In Connecticut, Connecticut, I'm just kidding. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill uh, Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and uh, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Got to love that. So yes, betting on hockey is a lot of fun. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but nothing's easy. Nothing comes easy. (laughs) But as you get your skills, you get better and better at understanding things. Yes, it's a lot of fun. DraftKings Sportsbook. Get your DraftKings Sportsbook app. Colorado Avalanche. Well, uh, obviously I can't give gambling advice. I'm not supposed to, but you can probably guess where I'm going on this one. At least the way things are going with the Wild lately. Colorado's 11-6. and six. The Wild are 5-8-4. Uh, and four. Hopefully the Wild can make me wrong, I guess, and make other people wrong as well. Apparently Michael Milne was placed on injured reserve, so that's a guy we're going to be talking about in the second second, or well, you know, as we head into prospects, but I guess we don't need to now. Injured reserve. As October 9th, yeah, that's a while back. Ellis Gall, oh yeah, I remember now. I remember now. Yep, yep, I remember now. Ellis Galagoski on injured reserve, of course. Caden Bankier also on injured reserve. It sucks. Yep, that's why we haven't seen him. So, with the uh, Iowa Wild. Logan O'Connor, undisclosed. Samuel Girard, at least we know who he is, out at least for Wednesday's November 22nd. Yep, so that's, yeah, that's old news for you at this point. Uh, Lekkonen is week-to-week with undisclosed injury per cap friendly. And that's just uh, right around, you know, the last week or so ago. Um, Mikko Ratnan is officially the leading goal scorer with 11 goals right now. Julerks next got 8 for us. Kale McCarr with 23 assists. 23 assists. Alexander Gorgiev, the former New York Ranger, averaging 3 goals a game, but he's got 10 wins. So that's better than nothing. Colorado's 4th in goals. The Wild are 19th. Colorado's uh, 13th and goals against the Wilder, 28th, 28th, 28th. It's wonderful. Power play, the Wild are 24th, Colorado's 19th. Penalty kill, Colorado 5th. 
The Wild are dead, bleeping last, 32nd, and it shows. Oh, it shows. That's what happened against the Dallas Stars. The Wild got uh, made look like fools. Uh, dumb penalties, and then, oh, they scored. Yeah, they scored. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, yeah, you know. Uh, the season series is just beginning with Colorado. We don't, but we don't play again until March 8th, my brother's birthday. Way until March 8th. This one is in Excel Energy Center on Friday, November the 24th. Happy Black Friday and Merry Christmas, as that is Christmas season right there. Thursday, April the 4th. I guess, uh, yep, the minute, yep. Yeah, we'll be back in the, uh, the X. And then Tuesday, April 9th in Colorado, where the Wild will clinch the division title. I hope. I sincerely hope. Otherwise, the Colorado Avalanche, yeah, Gorgiev is the leading uh, goaltender in terms of goals against average. They're kind of like the Oilers in a way, you know, where, you know, the old Oilers, maybe current too, where they're just trying to outscore everybody. And so far, they've been okay um, for the most part, interestingly. Um, Low-scoring game versus Vancouver, at least. <laughs> Kale McCarr with 27 points. Wow, 23 assists, only four goals, but 23 assists. He's been insane, and he is the best player in the Avalanche. He's the best player, just like I think... As time goes on, well, no, I won't say that. Kirill Kaprizov is supposed to be the best player in the wild, but so far it's been Brock Faber. Um, Nathan McKinnon also with 22 points. Miko Ratnan again, 11 goals, 12 assists. He's been phenomenal. Um, yeah, he's been great. Uh, Devin Taves also with 11 assists. It's been, or 11 points, pardon me. They're, uh, yeah, they're very top-heavy, our Colorado. Goaltending's mediocre. They're top-heavy. I don't see Colorado as a cup contender. Certainly a divisional contender. There's certainly a threat, and I, I don't know the way the Wild have been playing. I don't know. Um, I just, I'm not real confident in what the Wild are doing at all, um, at all. P terrible power play, weak, uh, well, me below average power play anyway. Pathetic penalty kill, like historically bad, worst all time so far. So far, obviously things can change, but because um, it's early in the year, sort of. Uh, and the old Thanksgiving thing. If you're not in the playoffs. Right now, you probably won't be that type of thing. It's funny, because hockey, once you're behind, you're kind of behind. Uh, it's not the old days anymore. Like, fourth place, you make the playoffs. You know, I've talked about that probably 55 times in this show. But I'm going to keep talking about it, because, well, anybody that thinks making the playoffs in the NHL is easy is crazy, because it's not anymore. It used to be a long, long time ago. Uh, I think Colorado is going to beat the Wild. I I, you know what? I'm changing my I'm changing my pick. I think the Wild beat Colorado. Changing my pick. I think the Wild kind of, sort of, at least kind of, sort of get it together and win a game here versus Colorado. I wouldn't be surprised if this team has a little run in them, but the Wild will beat Colorado four to three, four to three. It's not going to be a low scoring game. Maybe five to three with an empty netter. Most likely guy to score in the game is going to be Boldy. Matt Boldy will at least get his second goal. Maybe his third against the Colorado Avalanche in a 4-3 or 5-3 victory over the Colorado Avalanche. The Wild do give up three goals, but survive and win the game. Believe it or not. We actually score some goals finally. It takes like 20 years to get there. Two days later, Sunday the 26th of November on ESPN. So we go from TNT to ESPN. Well, it's ESPN Plus, but yeah, still, because every game's on ESPN Plus. That's the way to get on, you know, na you know national slash, you know, uh, NHL ticket, you can say. At Detroit, at Detroit on Sunday, 9-6-3 and three are Detroit, and they're still fifth place in the Atlantic Division, despite a decent record. Again, have I mentioned, it's not easy to make the playoffs. Matt Luff, Matt Luff injured reserve as of way back in October, so that sucks. Detroit seventh in goals, 
a 19th in goals against. So on and so forth. Power plays 14th. Penalty kills 16th. Again, the Wild have the worst penalty kill in the league and in league history right now. We're on pace for the worst of all time. Uh, two, see, two game season series because it's an Eastern Conference club. Detroit, uh, we play them in Detroit now. And then at... Uh, and then back home in Minnesota on December 27th. So in both cases, after significant holidays, one way or another. Uh, Colorado has been, was 4-1 and one in their last five. Detroit is 2-3 and three in their last five, so they're not playing particularly well. But I do have a sneaky feeling the Wild, at least, will beat Colorado, despite they've been awful putrid pretty much since the start of the regular season. The Wild have just been putrid. Um, Wild absolutely can beat Detroit. We've had recent success with them. But with all that said, I, I I don't know. I don't think the Wild beat this team. Uh, Dylan Larkin, yeah, this team just feels a little bit deeper where Colorado's super-duper top-heavy. Uh, Ville Husso was a wonderful addition from St. Louis, but he's not been good since being in St. Louis. I don't know why. Uh, James Reimer, though, you know, his former Blackhawk, I believe, yep. Um, he's been all over the lake. Former Shark, former this, former that. 2.3, that's not bad uh, in six games. He's definitely been the better goaltender. Uh, save percentage of nine, uh, 91.7, where Ville Husso's the big bucks guy from St. Louis after, uh, you know, playing against the Wild in a series and having a great season and all that, but sucking against the Wild, and, and we couldn't beat the other guy. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, 3.61 goals against average, save percentage of 88.5. Nothing to really brag about or write home about, but Detroit, I just got a sneaky feeling. Uh, Alex DeBrincott, 11 goals, 17 points. Dylan Larkin, kind of the opposite there. 5 goals and 12 assists, 17 points. Lucas Raymond, of course, one of those high, high-end prospects, of course, in the Marco Rossi draft, 13 points. He's not that far ahead of Rossi. Interesting. Lucas Raymond was drafted very high. In fact, people once upon a time thought Marco Rossi would wind up as high as Detroit's pick that year. Um, but, well... We'll see. We'll see how things go. Um, I think the... I, I, I hate to say this. I think Detroit beats the Wild. I, I do. I, I just think it's... I don't know. I mean, I don't think this team's consistent enough to put together like two or three games right now. I think Detroit beats the Wild. And it's a tough road game and this and that. It'd be nice to see the Wild get things together. Maybe it's a switch between Colorado and, and Detroit, but I'm going to go with Wild beat Colorado somehow and do not beat Detroit on the road. Um... I'm going to predict something along the likes of a... Eh, it's going to be another higher-scoring game, I think. Like 4-3, to 5-3 to three type of situation. We're going to be kind of the opposite of what the Wild will be against Colorado in my prediction. Most likely guy to score in this one will be Marco Rossi. Marco Rossi will at least get his seventh goal of the season against the Detroit Red Wings, but the Wild do not win the game, unfortunately. And then an old, nasty frustrating nemesis called the St. Louis Blues. That's right. Tuesday the 28th of November, the second last game of the season, or of the month, excuse me, versus the, uh, yeah, the second last game of the month for the Wild will be against St. Louis. They're not real good, but they've been good in the net anyway. They have, they are three and two, are St. Louis in their last five. They've actually had a couple of, uh, a couple of very impressive wins in a row. Well, no, not in a row. They were, they were in a row but they were the first and second of the five games. 8-2 to two over Colorado. Wow. And 5 nothing over Tampa. Dang. But clearly Colorado and Tampa are not quite what they were at least two years ago. 
Um, St. Louis's power play is almost as bad as the Wild's penalty kill. 31st in the National Hockey League. Horse crap. 21st penalty kill. Definitely a winnable game. Um, St. Louis stays out of the box. A very notable stat. I'm trying to stay away from some of these other stats because if it's just stats, 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 I don't know. I'm starting to sound like other shows that I, I, I don't know. I, eh, you know what I mean? I, I'm kind of different than them. I don't know. Maybe I'm just older. Yeah. Like, did you watch the game or is it just stats for you? Is that all it is, it's stats? But um, an important stat, though, <laughs> with that said, St. Louis is the best team in the NHL about staying out of the box. Only 105 penalty minutes. Not bad. So they have that going for them. They also are fifth in goals against. Fifth. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so d- discipline and staying out of the box. I mean, you, you think that's a... You think staying out of the box and... Uh, Having low goals against is a, is a coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think that's a coincidence. Penalty kill sucks, though. 21st is not good. So, oh darn. Josh Jacobs plays. Everybody's on injured reserve, injured reserve, but it's usually like minor league-ish type players like Michael Milne and Caden Bankier. Um, well, Bankier, I think, is a legitimate prospect. Milne, I don't know. I don't think so yet. Sorry. Um, not trying to be a jerk. St. Louis, though, has definitely had some, some decent games, of course, including 6-5 to five versus Arizona. Impressive there. Well, not really, but it's a high-scoring game, which is kind of crazy considering they had good goals against numbers. Interesting. Um, Bennington, there he is again. Jordan Bennington, 2.47 goals against average. The guy won't go away, really. 92.2 save percentage and a shutout on the year. Joel Hoffer, though, not bad at all. 2.79 goals against average. Save percentage, 9.14. And also a shut-out. Shut-out. Robert Thomas, 17 points, 6 goals, 11 assists. Pavel Bushnevich, 6 goals, 5 assists. Jordan Cairo, who was better previously, particularly in the series that they beat us not too long ago. Yeah, only 10 points in 17 games. I don't know, he's dropped off. Braden Shen, eh, you know, 10 points, 5 goals, 5 assists. Tori Krug, only 6 points. Six points, yeah. Yeah, remember him? Brandon Sod, former Blackhawk, uh, Mr. Uh, he was definitely an antagonizer in the past, only five points in 17 games. Former Gopher, who quit on the team and stuff and was a wild draft pick that we gave up on way too quickly. Four points in 17 games. And Marco Scandella with his usual single assist. <laughs> this time in 16 games so far. But at least he's playing again. I remember he was out for the year last year, or was it two years ago? So, Oscar Sundquist, former Minnesota Wild trade acquisition that we didn't utilize at all and should have been playing last year against Dallas. Probably would have found a way to lose anyway, but still, come on, man. Play Oscar Sundquist. He was a good one. But back to St. Louis where he won the Stanley Cup. Two goals, six assists so far. Winnable game. Um, It's time to get the job done? I, I don't know. I mean, you want to step out in faith and believe the Wild can go 2-1 and one in a three-game uh, week, so to speak. Rhyme not intended at all. Um, why not? Why can't the Wild go out and win this game? Why can't the Wild go out and win this hockey game? Final score, 3-2. to two, The Wild will emerge victorious over the St. Louis Blues. Believe it or not. Um, yes. Uh, what? I need to look at the series. I apologize. I thought I'd blank it on myself. Okay, yes. This one's in the X, and then back-to-back St. Louis games in March. Well, not back-to-back, but they're in St. Louis. Two games, yeah. Um, March 2nd, Saturday, St. Louis. 
March 16th, Saturday, so two Saturdays apart in March in St. Louis. Interesting. Where And then Saturday again, March 23rd in Exxon Energy Center. Very interesting. So we're dominating Saturdays, the Saturday St. Louis Fest, where it's, uh, we're singing the blues, or they're singing the blues, but somebody will be. Hopefully it's them, but I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. I get to keep on losing what the hell. Hello, Johnny Menzel. No, nah, I don't know. That's football, but still, still, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the Wild will win this game. 3-2. to two. The most likely guy to score in the game is going to be uh, Jordan Cairo. No, <laughs> the most likely guy to score on the Wild side of things. Let's say Brock Faber finds a way to get his second goal. I'm not going to say Kuroka Brisov anymore. Plus, it's like, you know, it's kind of like low-hanging fruit. Like, he's going to come out of his drought. Yeah, well, just you go ahead and do that, please. You just go ahead and come out of that drought. Until then, I'm not going to advertise you like you're the greatest thing since sliced bread because so far you haven't been, and I'm not happy about it. And neither is the, the majority of Minnesota Wild fans. Prospects, shall we? Yes, we're just going to hop right into that. And you know what's the best part about the whole prospect situation? The three leading scorers are in their upper 20s. They're not prospects at all. Even though they're decent players, they're really, really good minor league players, and they're okay, like fourth liners in the National Hockey League. Nick Patan in 11 games, 13 points. He's actually a great AHL player, like a star, absolute star AHL player. And he's still young enough to play a little bit in the NHL, and he did play in Sweden. Ira, well, Jay... <laughs> Jujar, 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 Kyra, three goals, eight assists, 11 total points. By the way, Patan only has one goal, but 12 assists. And I don't know what the lady upstairs is doing. How many times do you have to run whatever that is on the floor? It's too much. Jake Luchini, Jake Luchini from Trail British Columbia. Trail British Columbia's got the leading, he's the leading goal scorer with five assists, 11 total points in 13 games. Jake Lucini. He's going to be a sniper, you know. Okay, sorry. Five goals, eight assists for Adam Beckman. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. He's at 2.3 goals a game. Uh, yay. Hey, you know, come on, Beckman. Can, can, not goals, points. Not just goals. He's at one-third of a goal a game. <clears throat> he's still 21, so that's a good part. He's still young, but he's not really having fun. And Sammy Walker's finally at least getting some assists. Clearly, Sammy Walker's not what he was last year in the AHL or in the NHL. But at least he's been on a slight run lately. But no goals. None. Zilch. Zippo. Third in assists with seven. And he's 24. Dang it. You know, Sammy Walker, I, I, I doggone it. I don't know. It's a bummer. It's a bummer to see that happening, actually. Ryan O'Rourke with one goal and four assists, five total points in 15 games. Obviously not known as a point producer, but at least, you know, yeah, at least he's doing something. And obviously he's been a decent, you know, he's a decent prospect. He's definitely no shoo-in to be an NHL player at the moment, but there's hope, this and that. Damon Hunt's back in the AHL at the moment. He was sent back down. Because, boy, oh, boy, we got that big boy. We got the big boy with Minnesota now. That, uh, but yeah, the big boy from, from Tampa um, for a seventh-round pick. Damon Hunt, one assist in six games. But um, definitely is closer to the NHL 
as uh, slightly closer to the NHL than Ryan O'Rourke. But really, in a lot of ways, they're both kind of interchange. You know, they're both right about there. Pavel Novak again recovering from, uh, re- recovered from cancer, playing in the AHL. Three points total so far: two goals, one assist. He had scored his first goal ever in in North American professional hockey. That was awesome. Uh, upon the last show, and, and Carson Lambos, 15 games so far in the AHL, five points. Now he's been kind of kind of slowly but surely chipping away. Simon Johansson's actually got three goals and only one assist. That's the other, you know, defenseman is now 24, and he's actually from Stockholm, Sweden. So hey, there you go, but was not on the trip, at least not I know of. No, he wasn't, um, <laughs> unless he was there in spirit, I suppose. Carson Lambos, though, I mean, he's emerging a little bit, but obviously he's still, he's still got at least a year or two to be in the National Hockey League, so it kind of is what it is there. Uh, Iowa's not been so hot, but at least the goaltender by the name of Jesper Volstead, who was not with the team this past week, because he was in Sweden, because you need three goalies, because you never know what's going to happen. He's been phenomenal at the AHL level, and the Iowa Wild are winless without him in net. Six and three was with Jesper Volstead in net. Two point one four goals against average. Save percentage just under ninety three. So he's literally like a phenom at the AHL level now. Which, yeah, means he's knocking on the door of National Hockey League goaltending. And, um, yeah, next year he will be at least be a backup, if not a, a uh, platoon or spot starter, or, or starter with Minnesota. Zane McIntyre, unfortunately, man, he had been a wonderful AHL-level goalie and a potential third goalie or even a backup in the NHL. 4.21 goals against average, 0 and 4, and a save percentage of 87.4. Yeah, it sucks. It's too bad, you know, but um, hopefully for Zane McIntyre's uh, sake, things can turn around. But uh, Jesper Volstead's definitely been a revelation. He's wonderful. Absolutely freaking wonderful, and I'm saying that with full sincerity. Kyle Masters, you know, the long-term injured reserve and all that. Or not Kyle Masters, it's Bank here. Sorry, sorry, Kyle. Sorry, I am deeply sorry, but he has only played in seven games for Iowa. Two assists so far after that 65-point demolition, you know, 65-point jump out season last year with the Kamloops Blazers. Awesome. Went from kind of a stay-at-home quiet guy to Kablooey. You know, like freaking Larry Murphy before you know it. What the heck? Okay, sorry. I'm looking at something. Nate Benoit, Mr. I don't score a whole lot. In fact, I don't score at all. Well, not really. Six games for North Dakota so far. That's the same North Dakota that we know of. The University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Formerly known as Fighting uh, Sue. <coughs> sorry. Zero points, but he's a plus two, and he has a penalty. All right, sounds good, and hoping the best there. Caden Bank here is the one on uh, long-term injured reserve, unfortunately, and it sucks. Doggone it, it does. Jack Pert with St. Cloud State. Very, 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 very quiet start offensively for Minnesota. Weird sounds I'm hearing outside. Maybe it's Bigfoot, I don't know, or Dogman, or I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's none of those uh, at all. I really hope it's not. 12 games so far for Jack Pert. Only one goal and two assists. Very quiet offensively, but providing the defense and such for St. Cloud State. Obviously more of a defensive-minded player. Carson Lambos is with Iowa. I just talked about him. Petrovsky, of course. Servak Petrovsky. Hopefully I'm saying it correctly. Yep. Definitely at a, a faster pace than last year. Still only 19 years of age, so obviously not in the AHL or NHL or KHL or anything like that. 
he could be in the KHL, but he's not going to be. He's with Slovakia. He's from Slovakia, sorry. But he is in North America, so that's good. Um, 22 points, so definitely ahead of last year's pace. That's a good thing. Over a point a game. Seven goals, 15 assists in 21 games. Good for you, buddy. David Spachek is with the Iowa Wild. I didn't really talk about him. He's been, you know, he's been in there. He's had a couple of he's had a couple of moments, but uh, obviously still developing and such. And uh, only 20, 20 years of age, three total points, one goal, two assists in ten games so far for Spachek. Ryan Healy, University of Harvard, um, coming back and playing now. That's wonderful. If he hadn't been playing relatively quiet last year. In 34 games, he only had eight total points. So far this year, already four assists in only five games for Ryan Healy. So showing a little more of that offense, getting more involved now. Obviously a bigger role with the unit with, with Harvard. So Ryan Healy of Harvard from Chicago, Illinois, getting it done. Michael Milne, of course, again, yes, a long-term IL for him. That sucks. Rager Lawrence already has reached last year's point total. Remember, he was like just a fourth-liner pretty much for Colorado, you know, bottom six, all that cute stuff. Denver, not Colorado, University of Denver, not Colorado College. Already ahead of last year's pace in, in goals with five. He only had two last year, but nine total points, which matches last year's total in 37 games, in, uh, But and he's done it in 12 this year, so way ahead. Nice jump ahead for the Calgary, Calgary Alberta native. Old Hunter Haight himself got to like what he can do for the most part. Not quite as explosive as he was last year with Saginaw, but still explosive enough. And hopefully he could bring some of that explosivity to the uh, AHL next year, coming from the uh, from the OHL, of course. Eight goals, 16 assists in 20 games. That's 24 points, but he's a minus two compared to a plus six last year with Saginaw. As, yeah, who could forget his eight-point game last year <laughs> early on with Saginaw. That was exciting after the trade. It was like, thank you, Lord, I'm finally out of the other place. Yeah, anyhow. Wow, Daniil Yurov. Remember, he is 19 years of age in the KHL. Last year, he played a bit in the MHL, and, and he, he played 59 games in the KHL. So talk about getting your feet wet. The year before, 21 games, nothing. Zero points, just two penalty minutes, and he was a, an even. He was even, basically. And also played in 19 playoff games in the, in the KHL with no points. <laughs> Think about that. Last year, also 11 games in the playoffs, no points. Sounds He would fit right in here, by the way. Oh, yeah, he'd fit right in. Sorry, I had to do that, but um, still, 12 points in 59 regular season games in the KHL last year, right? So you got all that through your head now? Um, what, 30 playoff games and no points? He would fit right in. But hopefully this year, yeah, I would think this year is going to be quite different when the uh, um, that team, that metal Metallurg team, goes to the playoffs again. At least I hope they will. 29 games, 20 points. What a jump. Way, 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 way ahead of last year's pace. And he's still 19 years of age, by the way. So he was 18 when he had no points in the playoffs the year before, uh, last year. 17 years of age the year before playing in the KHL. It's actually quite impressive. So this guy has been playing in the KHL one way or another in, all the way back until he was 16 years of age. It's insane. But 20 points already for Danilo Yurov. That's a nice, giant, gargantuan step forward. And I'm very happy. Very happy with what uh, Danilo Yurov has been bringing so far. And hope he can continue. Because, um, yeah, he could be coming to North America as soon as next year. 
Ogren still out with a shoulder injury. That sucks. Come on, Ogren. Doggone it. Why do you have to get hurt anyway? Hurts my feelings. It actually does. Jimmy Clark, the gopher, who was off to a slow start, but uh, who cares now? He's, he's really starting to come into his own already as a freshman with the Golden Gophers. All right, now three goals, two assists in five games. Remember before, he had played in, was it five games and no points? But since then, almost a point a game for the left winger from Edina. Edina, I'm just teasing. Good job, man. Caleb Parker from Clavette Saskatchewan. Sorry, he's a right-shot defenseman in the WHL for the Moose Jaw Warriors. 11 points already. Good, good, good. 10 assists. Definitely playing that power play quarterback there with 10 assists. That's pretty impressive. He's a plus 5 on the air versus a minus 6 there before and with the Victoria Royals in the past in his teens. Whew, minus 44, minus 36. They were the Victoria Royally sucks to be that bad. Holy crap. <laughs> Aaron Prunk with the University of Duluth. Remember, he is a defenseman. He's a left-shot defenseman. Hermantown bringing a little bit of that Hermantown magic to the Duluth Bulldogs with eight assists already in 13 games, nine total points with that goal added to the mix. Off to a really nice start. He was a fifth-round pick, so there's your fifth-round pick possibilities there. <laughs> you might wind up with a good player, and maybe Punk is going to be a good player. Riley Height, no relation to Hunter Hate. He's ahead of Hunter Hate, at least in the WHL, compared to the OHL, however you want to look at that. Second-round pick, though, also is Riley Height. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and all that good stuff. Not No relation to Sasquatch, but this guy's definitely a scoring machine in so many ways. Like I keep saying, out of this draft class for Minnesota anyway, he's our, he's our Joe Sackick. You know, the smaller skill guy who's really damn good. Maybe Sackick isn't that small, but uh, yeah, skill guy. Um, and height isn't that tiny either. He's just not... He doesn't have that much height, sorry. 36 points in 20 games, awesome. 11 goals, doing great, doing great. Definitely positive there. And Charlie Stramel, Charlie Stramel, yeah. Seven games and no points, yeah. Yep, that's right, for a Hastings Club there in Wisconsin. Mike Hastings, come on, Charlie, please. So, um, Jimmy Clark's doing better so far with the Gophers. You know, they're both college players, but I don't know. Stramel hopefully has, uh, I don't know. Maybe we're just in love with these uh, stay, uh, these uh, defensive-minded guys and they're gritty and they're passionate and all that cute stuff. Just like Doug Reisbrock used to say, gritty and passionate players, that's great. Wonderful. Rasmus Kumpelainen, 19 points in 19 games for the Oshawa Generals. Good for him. 10 goals already. So doing a little bit more maybe than... Hopefully he's more of a goal scorer than uh, than than Quaver when the time comes. Hopefully, 53rd overall pick in the draft in 2023. Of course, that would be the second round. Rasmus Kumpelainen. He's got to be, you know, he's, he has Quaver tendencies, but hopefully he's more of a goal scorer, and maybe he will be. Um, yep, we'll have to wait and see. But he is in North America OHL, so we don't have to worry necessarily about waiting years and years and years from him coming from his national team. So we'll see what happens with Yurov in the next year or so, but he is taking some nice steps forward. No doubt about that. No doubt at all. Um, oh boy, who's who's Nadinov? Yeah, the numbers are the numbers haven't been so pretty this year. Unfortunately, he was scoreless for St. Petersburg in six games. So far since moving to Sochi, Sochi Hockey Club, 
Four goals, four assists in 18 games. I mean, it's not great. He's behind last year's pace. It's just that simple. He is behind last year's pace. Is Huzadinov. So hopefully things can uh, head in a better direction. Great season last year. Huge step forward, kind of like you're off right now. 11 goals, 30 assists last year in 63 games for 41 points and was a plus 15. But uh, so far this year, man, I, I, I don't know. feels like he's taking a step back. I don't know. I hope everything's okay there with uh, Huznadinov. With that said, that is your prospects. And then uh, now we're going to hear from... Uh, now we are going to hear from Raycon before we head into the Fan and Direction segment. Well, we all know how crazy the holiday season can be, or I like to call it the Christmas season, but <laughs> you know how that is. Going to a store and blah, blah, blah. You have to wait in line for everything, and you, you get your you get your wonderful earbuds called Raycons, and then you wait in line and all that stuff. I'm just imagining, you know. <laughs> but no, you have to wait in line forever. You want to get going. You just can't. You just want to get a cup of coffee, and you wait forever for that. But it's a pain in the butt. Um, it may be too early to start decorating for Christmas, or the holidays, but, well, to me, it's not too late anymore. It, it, it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% because of their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon products before. I mean, they're wonderful. I have the blue ones. I have the pros. They are uh, absolutely spectacular. You get a decent amount of uh, you get a decent amount of noise reduction, um, especially like you're in a loud place. You can actually hear the podcast you're listening. You can actually hear Brave the Wild if you happen to care about what I'm talking about. Maybe you're sick of me, but uh, or it's somebody else. Somebody else, like uh, of course, <laughs> you know, uh, other shows out there like. Uh, uh, the Croesus podcast on your Raycons. I mean, you should be able to actually hear what people, you actually be able to hear what Derek's saying. Raycon first made a name for themselves in, uh, in, uh, in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds. That's actually the main ones that I use. Um, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting effort. And that is 100% true. As batteries for me, I've never had them run out. And by the time I'm done listening and I put them back in the case, I've never ran into like, uh-oh, the battery's dead. I've never had that happen. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Absolutely spectacular. You absolutely want these. They're five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable. <laughs> Allows you to, to charge iOS, micro USB, and type, and type C devices like Android. Uh, eight times faster, wow, with 100-watt battery delivery. Their faucet filter, ultra fil uh, filters the water uh, out in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. <laughs> Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands, and you can imagine which ones I'm talking about. They're very expensive, aren't they? Um, it's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. Yep. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 50% off. 
So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. You really don't. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. back here on Brave the Wild, segment number three, Fan Interaction segment, and now we'll get to why the title of the episode is Turkeys of the Year. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving once again, everybody. Absolutely great to do this show every Thanksgiving. But uh, every year, Patrick Royce of the Star Tribune, you know, writing legend from Pioneer Press to the Star Tribune, mostly Star uh, Star Tribune is the only thing I've known him to be a part of, but he goes way back to like the, the... the 1970s turkey of the year goes back to 1978 kind of like satire but at the same time like hey this person's the turkey of the year or this group is the turkey of the year (laughs) um and yeah there have been some interesting ones obviously for a long time so spoiler alert spoiler alert if you want to read the article first and you want to know who the turkey of the year is or you want to read everything like what what's been said by patrick royce forward ahead a bit to forward ahead a bit, but otherwise I'm sure not too many people are worried about it. Maybe you already read it or you weren't planning on reading it. So here we go. And now for the Grand Turkey. Previous winners have included 25 years of Golden Gophers football back in 1992. Yeah, Golden Gophers football, especially over that period of time where they didn't do anything. Of course, they haven't done much since. 25 years of the Timberwolves, 2014. The time has come to honor another, meaning like a group rather than like a person, so to speak, like a PJ Fleck or something, and a much more popular entity for a period of continued disappointment. The 2023 Turkey winner is 20 years of wild hockey. <laughs> Anyhow, the tickets and apparel get more expensive, and yet you keep streaming in from Woodbury and other suburbs, wearing your jerseys, filling the arena, accepting the idea that overtime wins are wins, but overtime losses are not losses. But now realizing the predetermined outcome is to again make the playoffs and go away quietly in the first round. This season, the Wild seem prepared to do uh, to do you a favor, miss the playoffs. So you don't have to bother making the advance payment and then checking your account to see if the rebate is in there yet after the, <laughs> yet after the playoffs end with two or three more home games. Or, yep, with two or three home games, pardon me. Let's face it. There hasn't been any spring fun with the Wild on West 7th Street since Jacques Lemaire. Uh, Jacques Lemaire's amazing underdogs made it that astounding Western Conference Finals in 2003. This, And to be fair, of course, the Wild did advance past the first round in 2014 versus Colorado, but got crushed next uh, right after that, and 2015, and got crushed even worse. Actually, uh, 2014, the Wild were competitive versus Chicago. 2015 is when we got absolutely obliterated, and it was depressing. Anyhow, this Wild... Turkey is for you, ticket buyers. You have deserved so much more. And to those not satisfied with the honorees when attending today's festivities, the chairman would like to point out this. 
Yes, we are the original Turkey of the Year, uh, Turkey of the Year Awards, but we don't have the money to succeed in NIL, nutcases, insufferable and ludicrous marketplace for Turkey. So basically, yeah, right there, he's taking a little side swipe at a certain gopher football coach who, yeah, you know who he is. And if you don't, well, you probably don't care a whole lot about gopher football. And why should you? Now, let's get to the actual fan interaction part. <laughs> I apologize, but I had to get to that because, I mean, hey, we're on center stage in the Turkey of the Year, so what the heck? Yeah, might as well. Uh, the, the, the team we're covering here on Brave the Wild took center stage for Patrick Royce's Turkey of the Year. So, to be honest, I did record the first two segments on Wednesday to kind of get ahead of things, obviously, because, you know, I kind of had a suspicion that I might be a little bit on the busy side. So, usually I record the whole thing on Thanksgiving, but uh, yeah, last night I cheated uh, ahead a bit, where segment number three, this is Thanksgiving. So, here we are. <laughs> and that's why the Turkey of the Year came on segment number three, rather than maybe in segment number one. But you get the point. Continuing off of the last episode, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, we hear from Derek Felska, coming out of western Wisconsin. Of course, Minnesota native, of course, but works as a teacher in western Wisconsin and as a defensive line coach for the high school as well. He uh, responds to the, uh, basically when I'm sharing the newest show is out and all that, way back on October 26th. He says, thank you again for the kind words. We appreciate your support and help to get our podcast up and running. And yes, you're absolutely welcome, of course. You know, that's, of course, Chris Assist podcast. I was saying you're always welcome. It's an outstanding show. I'm not just saying it. Derek says, I don't doubt your sincerity, not one bit. I'm also being sincere in my appreciation for the help you provided uh, to Teresa and I. Thanks again. And yes, you're absolutely, absolutely. And thank you, Derek, very much for <laughs> the help you've brought this show. You've brought, you've, you know, absolutely amplified the fan interaction segment, and it is really, it has really helped the show grow. It really has. Uh, the show was growing a little bit, but not, not as much as uh, once you came around. So I greatly appreciate it. There's a lot of people I wouldn't have met, a lot. So greatly appreciated, a million times over. So <clears throat> yes, now we'll continue. Okay, so I put out a poll right after the episode. At least I think it was right after, because it's showing it was. I was like, maybe I'm just a fool, but gun to my head, I'd rather have Dakota Mervis than John Merrill. Yeah, boy, I'm quite a fool, aren't I? <laughs> In hindsight, quite a blowout. I was like, what say you? Dakota Mervis, John Merrill, my my dog or cat is better. Dakota Mervis wins in a landslide. Ronald Reagan-like, 87.8, maybe not even that, uh, way beyond that. <laughs> John Merrill, 2.4%. Interesting question, who voted for John Merrill? My dog or cat is better? Well, that got almost 10%, so... There's that, too, I suppose. Derek replies with, I voted for Dakota Mermis, but I do also think a person's dog or cat would be better than John Merrill right now. The game can leave you even seeing him sit in the penalty box. He probably recognizes he's circling, circling the proverbial drain. Sorry, I'm stammering all over a bit. Uh, our flag says, I don't even have a dog or cat, and they still are better. So, yep. <laughs> so I must have voted for that one, of course. Uh, yeah, here we go. I posted a pretty nice picture back again. This is, no, this is late October. Of course, the leaves were later this year than normal, which is why we're still doing cleanups, but at least they're easy now. The heavy lifting's done. The actual heavy part. I was saying this red maple, and red maples are nicer, are some of the nicest looking trees in the fall. Um, 
This red maple is the official tree of the Minnesota Wild in my book because it's got the green and red effect going on and it looks just like the Minnesota Wild in a lot of ways. And then <laughs> Derek comes in and says, is that because it's withering right now? And I didn't get it right away. So that figures. I was like, oh no, it's just because of the colors. And it's like, wait, Joey, you idiot. How did you not know? How did you not see what he was saying? Yeah, there's a lot more to it. I was saying, I can't believe my mind blanked that actually. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing. And then uh, Paige, stat guy says, ouch. Yeah, because it was withering. It's withering in the wild. We're definitely withering already. So, yeah, that was a perfect analogy there. The hockey samurai. So I just shared this. I was saying, they were asking which defunct but classic logo is the best of the bunch. The North Stars, the Golden Seals, the Cleveland Barons, Hartford Whalers. It's showing all the different logos. The Kansas City Scouts. Luckily, I know all the teams. <laughs> Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies, which is like a secondary logo for the Avalanche. Quebec Nordiques and Atlanta Flames. I think they're all awesome. Absolutely awesome. I was saying the North Stars, but the Atlanta Flames and Hartford Whalers are right there with them. Cleveland Barons became, they merged with the North Stars. And then eventually kind of, uh, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. So the Seals became the Cleveland Barons. It's, I'm going to tell this story again very briefly. California Seals were kind of like what the shark, yeah, you get the idea. It's like a metamorphosis effect. It's like it's it's like hockey in a science lab with like, I, I don't know, some mad scientist or something um, playing with, you know, like molecules and all that. That's basically what this is like. Okay, California Seals, like Northern California, like San Francisco, Oaklandish area, you know, the Bay Area. You know, a certain other team plays there now. <clears throat> Let's go. So they moved to Cleveland to become the Cleveland Barons for a minute. And then they merge into the North Stars, like molecule, you know, like like metamorphosis. They merge into the North Stars. And then a couple years later, or was it even just like a year later? It was literally like a year later. No, no, no. This is like a decade. This is several decades later. Uh, like 13 years later. Sorry, several years later. The North Stars start to do a metamorphosis to help form the San Jose Sharks. And even the ownership group went with the Sharks, <laughs> the guns kind of metamorphosized out of the North Stars to form the San Jose Sharks. Wrap your head around that. So basically the Golden Seals returned as the San Jose Sharks, uh, I don't know how many years later, uh, almost 20 years later, but probably more like 17 years later approximately. So pretty crazy and interesting how that worked out, how those three teams all kind of formed into the Sharks. But the North Stars stayed here, thankfully. But then uh, uh, Norm Green wanted to initially move the Wild to Anaheim to become the Ducks. And Anaheim was like, uh, we'll have our expansion franchise instead. And, you, and Norm Green moved the North Stars to Dallas. It's wonderful. It's great. Thanks. Um, yeah. So, any responses? I've not babbled enough. Uh-huh. Why is there's a response and nothing's happening? Come on, man. <laughs> Don't you love all this? Oh, Twitter does this kind of stuff or X or whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah, it's right there. Derek says, I think the Nordiques are worthy of some love, too. Oh, agreed. I actually have a winter hat of the Nordiques. Whalers and North Stars are top tier, but Atlanta and the Nordiques are a solid second tier. Okay, yep, for sure. And again, again, you get the Avalanche and the uh, Nordiques, or excuse me, the Rockies and the Nordiques sitting side by side, and the or Nordiques are the Avalanche, of course, so it's kind of funny how all that works out. But the, the most fascinating story of all is the metamorphosis the dark metamorphosis of the Golden Seals moving to Cleveland. Okay, that's not too crazy or weird, but it's weird a little bit. And then uh, we're going to merge into the North Stars, and then we're going to merge out into this other molecule, this other weird molecule, 
and become the San Jose Sharks. That's why the Sharks were so bad at the beginning, but because it was kind of like any of the bottom feeder type uh, players you can put together to start a roster. And then the North Stars needed to add a bunch of free agents, and it, it was the weirdest thing I ever saw. Okay, so a couple of polls from Derek. Uh, how confident are you the Minnesota will get things back on track? Uh, confident they'll rebound? Maybe, maybe not. Not confident at all. They are what they are. So it's kind of a mix of things. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Ended up winning at 31.1. This is a very close poll. Confident they'll rebound? 30.1. Hmm. They are what they are. 20.4. And not confident at all. 18.4. I would have gone with they are what they are. And then ended up getting third place. And quite a few votes. Um, the comments are for his show. Because, yeah, well, yeah, he already read those on his show. So we'll continue. Yep. This is, these are Derek's polls anyway, so you get the idea here. Uh, which part of the Minnesota Wild must exhibit the ability to adapt, adjust to turn this team's future around? Sorry, no all-above option, folks. Defense won in the landslide there versus forwards, goaltending, and coaching. Coaching was second. Defense, 56.1. Coaching, 21.1. Forwards, 12.3. And goaltending, 10.5. Um, yep, and then the article came out about Mr. Addison getting created to the Sharks. Yep, Derek comes in and says it was only a matter of time, especially when he was taken off the top power play. His purpose was gone. Yep, that's that, that's when you knew. Uh, and with the backlog of defensemen prospects, he either demonstrated he could be productive in limited minutes, limited minutes, or, or he'd be moved. Defense issues didn't help number two either. And that was the end of that. Adios amigo to Kalen uh, Addison. And that Zucker trade looks kind of like a watch for both teams because, well, Zucker's not exactly on the Pittsburgh anymore, so and he's, he's toiling out there in Arizona which is okay, that's fine I was saying San Jose is quickly becoming the land of uh, wild rejects, uh, Kakinen Sturm, Kunin, <laughs> Granland and Addison, that's insane, hopefully John Merrill's next Another yeah, Derek says, and how well is that Minnesota Wild Rejects team doing yeah, they're the worst team in the league, however they're the front runner for the number of overall pick in the draft yep another poll what are you most thankful for with this Minnesota Wild team? Uh, Rossi and Faber, Wild's alternate jerseys, not using the Bally app, Lunani commentary. Well, sorry, Lunani commentary got last place with 10.5, but Rossi and Faber, number one, and I voted for that as well, 64.4. Wild alternate jerseys, I was saying how that's uh, easily, I mean, I was extremely yeah, thankful for that, but Rossi and Faber are the the main positive thing going forward, and not using the Bally app got 11.8. Uh, this one I didn't see. I, I missed this one. Dang it. Yeah, because it was like in the... Oh, but, oh, but I did vote, though. Yeah, I did vote. <clears throat> Pass only Kirill is back. What do you think of that? Uh, good to see. Meh, doesn't matter. I miss shoot first. Number 93, that got 88.4 in a landslide. Meh, doesn't matter. Got 9.3 and good to see. Got 2.3. Interesting. Okay, and now my official poll here which is as landslide as it gets, yet still Dumba got a few votes. Who would you rather have and why? I know where most of us stand. I just want to see an actual percentage. 95.7 in favor of Brock Faber over Matt Dumba. So sorry, Matt, to pick on you there, but I, I don't know. I just had to know. Stephen Miller says, now do Fiala or what's his name? That would be, uh, would that be, uh, be uh, Ogren? I'm guessing Ogren and a lot of people might say Fiala right now, but of course, at least you get Faber as well in that trade. But yeah, that's a good idea. I'll probably put that up in the next show. 
I was saying lame. That was when uh, Nylander scored the goal. Derek responded with Faber and Rossi were our best players. Hopefully we see more of them and perhaps the less of 97 and 12 who are MIA way too often. Yep. I called them goofballs. Like, yeah, they haven't done anything in forever. I called Rossi, or excuse me, I called Rossi. I called uh, Kaprizov and Boldy goofballs. So that's kind of how that goes. Because they are so far this year. There we go. Now we're getting caught up to this official show. And the Derek Felska lightning round hath returned. Let's get started. Let's get this party started, as we like to say. Hashtag BTWMN. I was saying the annual Thanksgiving special is upon us. Uh, ask as many questions as you like. Hashtag BTW. Yep, so please put that in there, as always. And a lot of you have, which I appreciate. Here we go. The lightning round. Derek Felska, this is all Derek Felska until I change names, so we'll leave it like that. That way I don't keep just keep saying Derek, 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 Derek. It might sound kind of weird. <laughs> if this season tanks as bad as it kind of appears to be headed, should Bill Guerin lose his job as well as Dean Evison? Isn't that crazy how we've gotten to that? Yep, it's Guerin's team, and he's clearly painted this organization in a corner with his insane, uh, his inane deals. And inane is a good word for it. Is he on the hot seat too? Right now, I'm guessing no. Um, that's a, it's a it's a valid question though. That's a valid question. I mean, it's a yep, it's a valid question. <laughs> spoken like you know, spoken like somebody who is just you know like both of us in a lot of ways, who are not afraid to be honest about a situation, and we're not going to be homers and such. I personally, it's like I, I'd say not yet uh, for a Garen, but I think Everson is very close, very close. Very close. Um, but, you know, there's always this chance the Wild go on their little cute run, and then everything's all peachy and fine for another year or two, and it's like, eh. But, which is, you know, I, I I think a coaching change is definitely closer. We've seen zero success from Dean Evison in the postseason, along with the, a lot of players that Garen kept. So that's where Garen could be on the hot seat. Because keeping a bunch of players that never won anything. They never did anything. You know, I mean, they, they've had some good regular seasons. Yeah, so did Dennis Green. You know, yay, it took him, like, it took the Vikings 10 years to figure that out. Gosh, you know, oh, Dennis, yeah, and then fans nowadays act like Dennis Green's, uh, you know, like a legend. Dennis Green's a legend? How? (laughs) You know, seriously. No, he wasn't. You know, it took him, what, like six tries to win a single playoff game? That's not a legend, folks. Now I'm getting on a different rant. I'm sorry. Different rabbit hole. Continuing on the lightning round is... The Minnesota Wilds' current level of play reminds you of uh, milk toast. Uh, okay, here we go. The Minnesota Wilds' current level of play reminds uh, you of a uh, what milk toast video game? While some say Ikari Warriors is a classic, like the Wilds, this team is slow and painfully predictable. What's your pick? That's a good one because it is really slow, and you get you're gonna die. You know, you're just you're just gonna die because it's slow and painfully predictable. In a lot of ways, it could be like the ending of like the final boss of... No, it's not quite like that. <laughs> but Mega Man, how it's like Dr. Wily over and over and over again. You always know the damn ending. It's always, oh, Dr. Wily. It can't be. It can't be Dr. Wily again. Yeah, it's Dr. Wily again. What a shock. Or anything like, uh, you know, like Turtles episodes or something. Oh, Shredder's behind this. Shocking. Um, I'd even, like, see, now I'm going into shows. Like, Rescue Rangers, it's always... Fat Cat or Nimnal. It's Fat Cat or it's Nimnal. It's like, no matter what 
is happening. It's Fat Cat or Nimnal. What a surprise. Um, see, now I only got TV shows on the mind. What the heck? Milk Toast, Slow and Predictable. Uh, 1942. 1942, that's slow and painfully predictable. <laughs> like it's scrolling so slowly in that... Okay, you get the idea. See how it's, you know, repetitive? And then you're going to die. You're just going to die. <laughs> and you, you, your plane doesn't move really fast either. It's a choppy screen. It's You know, like the screen chops as it's moving. At least the NES version of it. Um, so 1942 will be a milk toast video game that reminds you of the wild play. Yep. Slow and painfully predictable. So good choice though with Akari Warriors. Continuing the lightning round. Is it an injury or just, and I do love when you bring up the retro video games. Someday 1942 will be on video game flashback. Yes. Cause see, it's like video game flashback in a lot of ways, kind of sort of like it's revival. It's coming back into existence, um, from its 15 year, you know, uh, coma or hi- hiatus <laughs> coming out of the frozen ice or whatever is a lot of in a lot of ways because of this ep- uh, this this show Brave the Wild, and then me and Derek talking about retro video games. All of a sudden, video game flashback is back. Ooh, anyhow, is it an injury or just indifference from the way ninety seven is playing the season? A recent medical evaluation indicated nothing is significantly wrong. Significantly wrong. Hmm. So. Has he kind of given up on his wild, on the wild organization? I don't think so, but something something's weird, like some kind of mental block. Some people think it might be some personal issue back home. That's been a possibility that's been brought up. And uh, you know, obviously, you know the the war in Russia, you know the the war with like Ukraine and all that. Who knows what kind of weird stuff might be on his mind about that? But I don't think it would completely you know, mind bleep him the way things have been going on. Could it be him pressing because, oh, I'm an alternate captain now. The pressure's on. I got to, I have to lead now. I have to lead. You know, there's, there's more to it than just shooting the puck. That might be it. Other than there's probably an injury that's not being, you know, diagnosed or that's, that's not been diagnosed or that's kind of being covered up a little bit. Something, something, it's something along those lines. That's my guess. I, I don't think he's given up on the organization or anything, but I guess you never know. <laughs> uh, open-ended answer, I apologize. Is there any part of you that have enjoyed seeing some of the Billy Goats turn on their former idol of a Minnesota Wild general manager, or is it just sad all around? I'd say sad all around. I mean, I'd rather see the Wild succeed then just go, ha ha, look at the billy goats, you know, look at the billy goats getting mad. It's funny, a little bit, but at the same time, it's sad all around, because I'd rather they succeed, it'd be more fun to cover the team rather than, you know, I mean, it's like, it's interesting information to talk about, no doubt, to like say, God, what's up with this guy, what's up with that guy, what the blankety blank, you know, and you come up with, you know, interesting stuff, and then you get the turkey of the year of all things for the whole organization, pretty wild, pun not intended, um, so that's kind of where I'm leaning, I guess it's, I'd say, yeah, just sad all around, my long, twisted answer is sad all around. With the holidays coming up, and Minnesota coming off a slightly disappointing road trip to see, to the season face off against the mighty Colorado Avalanche on Black Friday, would you recommend the Wild Players have Thanksgiving dinner, or should they skip it? Uh, I say have it. <laughs> I'd say have it. I'm, you know, I mean, it's, what could it hurt, I guess? 
maybe like you know kind of maybe get their minds off of it i suppose that's probably the better idea in my humble opinion despite how you know frustrating everything has been um why isn't it showing the replies it's kind of weird it's not like they're filled with curses and stuff are they show the replies God, what is up? This thing is acting very strange. I, I see three replies and it's not showing them, like as if they're filled with every F-bomb in the history of the world. <sighs> Offensive content? Well, just show them. It's not a... Yeah, I, I doubt that... What's going to be that offensive here? Okay. <sighs> Anyhow, it's not letting me see them. It's freedom of speech, huh? Well, I'm not seeing that if they're going to cover that up. It, anyhow, whether it's... <laughs> But no, I I say they should have it. I mean, what what could it hurt? Honestly, I mean, they should have Thanksgiving dinner, and again, it might get their minds off it for a minute, and hopefully they can refocus. I'm probably wrong. I probably am. Uh, whether it's Black Friday or Cyber Monday, what hockey-related gift would you suggest somebody pick up for the hockey fan in your life? What would be your video game slash system gift suggestion? Oh, come on. Offensive replies? There's no offensive replies here. This is so weird. Wow. Unless it's maybe, unless maybe it's some porno. Maybe it is. Who knows? Maybe it's some porno chick saying, check out my profile. That could be what it is. That could be, yeah. Because I know that's been going on where they reply, I, I saw your profile. You look great. Uh, I'm from Michigan. My name is Matilda. Okay, I'm sorry. So let's get back to what Derek had to say here. Uh, video game and systems for the hockey fan in your life. <clears throat> you know I'm gonna go retro, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I I always want to say like ice hockey for the NES, Blades of Steel. When it comes to video games and the the, uh, the system gift suggestion, well, since NES classics are like hard to find, or I I guess there's kind of semi hacked ones everywhere now. I mean, it'd be, I, I, I guess it's like the same thing where it's got a bunch of games on it. NES related, I'm all over that for a system because there's, you know, a couple of fun hockey games on there. Obviously, if you want a modern one where it's more realistic and this and that, you know, NHL 2K this and NHL 2K that, there's those. I guess it depends on the age of the person, but I want to go retro forever. That's just how I am. Like a system, like maybe that brand new Atari uh, Plus that came out. It's a little on the pricey side, but it's pretty cool. Uh, HDMI and all that. Of course, NES Classics HDMI. And then there's this uh, console, Super Console X Pro, where you could have, like, a bajillion games on it. Make sure you get the X Pro, where you can have, like, literally, like, a bajillion games on it, including systems that sometimes take up more space. That's where the X Pro comes in versus the, the regular Console X, which I also have. Um... Yeah, you can have Sega CD and all that on there. It's so awesome. Like, Sega CD, that's a system that's, you know, so you can finally play Lunar the Silver Star and Lunar 2 and all those kind of games rather than, you know, hope to God you can finally, you can acquire some kind of Sega CD off of eBay, which costs a fortune, and chances are it's not going to function properly because they're flimsy and they, they break easily and discs scratch and they get dirty and they don't clean when you try to clean them and then they scratch more, that kind of thing. So emulation when it comes to disc systems is paramount it's paramount it absolutely is and now you can actually play it and never have to worry again about scratching the damn thing just make sure you turn the system off properly which i made the terrible mistake of not doing that and it didn't function well until i finally figured out what the heck i was doing uh, actually being able to save your data 
and uh, also I had to repair the disc with a cute little d device which is very easy to do apparently so you just hook it up to your computer that's all you do it's a cute little device where you put the SD card in and it says there some things need to be repaired you just simply click that and it starts working so yeah super console X pro very long-winded response sorry <laughs> it was reported that Bill Guerin kicked his teams in the ass with a terse discussion after their 8-3 debacle against Dallas. Obviously, it didn't lead to wins in Sweden, even if they played a little better. Who should chew out Bill Guerin? Well, us for sure. Who should chew out Bill Guerin? <laughs> I would say a lot of the young players, a lot of the young prospects, and they, well, and like the Rossi Faber types should chew out Bill Guerin. Now you, you stuck us with all these stinking veterans that are, you know, not even good, like freaking Goudreau, who maybe scored a shootout goal once in a while. He certainly didn't help us. Well, and we didn't even get to the shootout, but uh, the guy was a non-factor, complete non-factor against the mighty Toronto Maple Leafs out in Sweden, so I don't know what the point of that was. Um, yeah, I mean, even you could say Dean Evison as well, but then again, Dean's part of this keep the veterans bullcrap as well. So I would definitely lean towards the younger players because we need, you know, we need to open those spots for players that are going to be ready to come up very soon. So that's what I would lean towards the younger players. How many more years will Wild fans have to wait now because of Bill Guerin's poor choices in order for this Wild team to become a Stanley Cup contender? So if the conservative estimate was three to four years, now how much how much how much longer will it be now? Uh, I'm still kind of leaning around that amount of time. Three to four years is possible. You can turn a team around fairly quickly. Otherwise, I guess four to five. Maybe I'm full of crap, but the fact of the matter is there are a bunch of prospects still. The, the prospects are still around. Odds are they're not going to be too spectacular, but we will be rid of the Prezi Suter nonsense soon. That's the good part. So there's still a chance, but I, I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the three to four. I, I think it's still around that amount of time. Um, that's what I'm leaning towards. And you still possibly can trade... And even, dare I say, buy out a player or something, if you absolutely must. Absolutely must buy out a player, maybe the last year or something, which isn't the greatest thing ever, but it won't kill you like Breezy Suter would have and did. Final one, Jay Bushy. Jay Bushy, great to hear from you, says, I made a prediction after Sunday's game that the Wild wouldn't make the playoffs. Your thoughts? I agree. I, I, I don't think the Wild are going to make it. Um, I don't think they're going to make it. And like I, like I repeat myself 50 times over about the making the playoffs isn't as easy as it used to be. And the Wild have dug a hole. And the old tradition of if you're not, you know, in the playoff seating already, if you're not, like, in, like, the potential playoff seating around Thanksgiving, you're probably not, your chances of making it are not real high. So there is that. And the Wild have definitely dug themselves a huge hole when it comes to making the postseason. What, what are we, sixth place? Seventh place. Seventh effing place. Four points ahead of the terrible Blackhawks, who have the you know best prospect in hockey right now. <sighs> Boy, it's pretty rough. I'd like to look at the full standings very briefly here to just kind of uh, diagnose just how far behind. Because obviously things change in the background, even though the Wild weren't playing. Yeah, uh, gosh, we're seven whole points behind Seattle. Somehow Seattle's in the Wild card. But yeah, because they played twenty-one games, they have the maximum amount of games of anybody by far. They've played three more games, four more games in the wild. We have games in hand. Remember that bullcrap years ago? 
<laughs> Remember that? The wild are minus 16, we're 5, 8, and 4. Only 14 points in 17 games. That's not on pace to make anything. It's not even on pace for 80 points. Jeez, that's bad. St. Louis, too. St. Louis is in the playoffs. Wow. Um, the Kings have 25. That's 10 whole points ahead. That's in the Pacific. They're third place in the Pacific. Vegas, 30. They're the best of all of them. A very strong possibility of a back-to-back. -back. Vancouver has emerged in a big way. Rick Tockett and the boys there. And the young players, the youth infusion, is starting to really do something now. Well, the guys that were there a few years ago that knocked us out of the playoffs during the bubble, now they're really emerging. And you thought at the time they would jump forward the next year, and they didn't. Thatcher Demko is shutting people out. He's maybe the best goalie in hockey at the moment. Pretty impressive. Uh, Dallas Stars are winning the Central Division by a narrow margin. Winnipeg is back, kicking butt again. 24 points. Colorado, 24 points. Which, again, 24 is 9 ahead of the Wild. 9 points ahead of the Wild. And that's not easy. No, 10 points. What am I talking about? 10 points ahead of the Wild. So that's, um, yeah, a, a very, very difficult hole to catch out of, uh, to even get out of. Even like a 5-point hole is not easy to overcome because when the other team, if you win, if the other team wins, you've done nothing. So there's that. Uh, or like, say, the other team loses, but you lose also. Again, you know, you, you got nowhere with that other team losing. It didn't help you. It just didn't hurt you, that's all. So, yeah, I, I think you're right, Jay, that the Wild will miss the playoffs. Uh, this is a very, very long, long episode. I've been long-winded. I apologize, but a lot to say. I mean, what do you expect when it's been pretty much a month since the last episode? And there has been a lot going on. Um, sorry if I kind of sounded like a rambling idiot at times, but I guess that's kind of what radio is <laughs> in a lot of ways, particularly here in the <laughs> fan interaction segment. I've maybe been a bit of a rambling idiot, but great questions. Thank you so much, Derek and Jay. Um, Steve Miller, yep, thank you so much for your inclusion in the show. Hope to hear more and more from you guys out there. Brian Herrera, hope you're still out there. I, I, I miss hearing from you. Tom Han, love the Tom Han lightning round. Uh, he actually joined Purple Mafia. He actually put in a question or a comment on Purple Mafia last week. That was pretty cool. So, would love to hear from Tom Han anytime. Obviously, Brian Herrera, yep. Wow. Em and Johan, yeah. Like, where are you guys? Did you all quit on me because you've gone to only crease and assist? Comment on both of our shows, doggone it. We're, we're, we're not competing against each other. We're friends. So, <laughs> if you didn't notice. So, with that said, everybody, um, just want to wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. Going to give a couple of shout-outs quick to, obviously, uh, Scott Cavendish, Minnesota Wild Global. Huge shout-out there. Great page. Uh, great, great page. Thank you for allowing me to post. Uh, they're not li links, but like, you know, like saying the show is out. Kind of like a bat signal. The show is out. Uh, same with uh, Patrick Turner coming out of Florida. Minnesota Wild Nation, thank you so much. MNW Prospects, of course, Pavel Bennett, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, the cover, keep up with the Minnesota Wild Prospects. Um, they allow me to vote, and obviously, you know, we talk about the prospects. We, we care about the prospects at MNW Prospects. <laughs> we, we care about them very much, MNW Young Guns. So, huge shout-out there. Um in a big way. So with that said, want to wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. Please do put positive ratings, like five-star rating, if you could, on Apple Podcast, 
uh, Spotify, any other app that allows you to put a five-star rating. It really would help the show some more with al- algorithms and such. Share the show, retweet the show if you can, and interact, please. Hashtag BTWMN when you want to interact with the show. That way I can keep everything in one place and we can have it organized and uh, comment away. All of you again, happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>